0: Welcome to the Hey Salespeople podcast, where we focus on delivering immediately actionable best practices for sales professionals. I'm your host, Jeremy Donovan from SalesLoft.
1: Hey, salespeople. Today, I want to welcome Sean Robinson to the podcast. Hey, Sean. Hey, Jenna. Sean is the regional vice president of enterprise and commercial sales at Automox, which is a cloud-native IT operations platform for modern organizations. So, Sean... We do usually like to start out with an icebreaker of sorts. Um, We were talking a little bit before this. I would love to hear any recent books that you've read, sales books or otherwise, that have really stood out to you lately.
0: Yeah. So the first one that comes to mind is I I recently just reread Obstacle is the Way. And so if you're looking for something to motivate you, even if it's just a couple of chapters late in the evening or when you first wake up, that is the the perfect book. I actually just bought that for, for my entire team. And then the second one that comes to mind, I'm in the process of reading right now, is with Bill Campbell. And so it's called Trillion Dollar Coach. Bill Campbell was notorious for, for building companies and mentoring people like Larry Page, Steve Jobs, Ben Horowitz, he gets brought up a whole lot. And unfortunately, he passed away in 2016. But this book talks a lot about, from a lot of different angles and a bunch of different people, the impact he had on their lives in building these, these companies that were some of the most profound in the early 2000s in Silicon Valley. And so his leadership style really speaks to me. He's someone I never met, but I feel like I've met him through this book. It talks a lot about him being from Homestead, PA, which, which is a town that I grew up um, not too far from, right outside of Pittsburgh, how that shaped him. And, and his leadership principles are, are really centered around authenticity being generous, being genuine, um, and just really being a world-class, true, excellent listener. And so I think there's a lot to take from that. And that applies a lot to sales and sales leadership.
1: Yeah, great recommendations. I feel like one of the great things about doing this podcast is that I always get things to, to add to my list. So thank you for those. Um, so I, I, again, we were chatting a little bit before we started recording the show today. And you know we were talking about how you had a really great history of coming from you know, starting out in recruiting and then coming into more of tech sales and specifically IT. So, I would love to hear just more your story, your background, and really how you got to where you are today.
0: You know, for for the past eight nine years or so, I've been part of cybersecurity startups. But you know, I look back at even what we're doing today at Automox and 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 creating really this next gen outbound motion at the enterprise level. It started with my career in in, in recruiting. Is it was external recruitment. I was working at a company called Mason Frank right downtown in San Francisco, 30k base salary right out of school. So so I was pretty motivated to to put some numbers up. And I kind of made the decision, hey, you know, I'm gonna come in first thing in the morning, last one to leave, every single Saturday, every single Sunday. And I'm just gonna do something that's never been done at this company before. And and I really stayed true to that process, and it might sound sound a little bit crazy. But it it led to me having a lot of success really quick and and just learning a lot. And and, and I think it's important to go through a sales position like that where you're making a ton of calls. You know, we would track our sales times. And if you're not where you need to be by 12 o'clock, an email goes out and you don't want to see your name in the red. Uh, And and I kind of learned a lot of the Silicon Valley ecosystem there. And it was a huge outbound approach where you have to find your own client, client. You have to get your own candidate. You have to close both. And it's pretty crazy looking back at it, at it now, and, and you look at things coming full circle. The biggest client I had, the most business I did with was Polito Networks, and I ended up working at Polito Networks a couple of times. So it's funny how, how how that happens. And then from there is where things kind of took off into SaaS sales of selling an applicant tracking system at a company called Lever.
1: So you know, I think that you've been at a few different startups, a few different exit stories, and a lot of hyperscaling. And I know I do really want to kind of focus on this outbound sales motion and what that looks like today. You know, maybe as when you were younger, it was more of that grind coming in on Saturdays and Sundays. In today's world, that's not necessarily the case for those that expectation. Um, what do you think motivates people today for that outbound motion so that you can get that hyper
0: growth? So, so, so a couple of things. So I think, being able to sell Lever and build out their first outbound motion, I, I work with some incredible leaders like Justin Roberts, who's a CRO now and, and, and took us to $10 million really quickly there. I learned from Anthony Igway, who's a phenomenal sales leader as well, of really how to do the enterprise sale and, and build that outbound motion. Um, it, it kind of started there learning things from the right people that were early on at Salesforce, early on at Box, and just some tremendous leaders. And, and, and from there, what's crazy is as I moved into cybersecurity, Jeff Williams of Bank Capital, who's been an incredible mentor to this day. I remember going into a, a mid-market enterprise AU role there and couldn't wait to get going. And, and, and one of the first conversations he had with me is, we've got enterprise reps closing million-dollar deals in their pajamas at home. And, and this was back in you know, 2015 and, and and doing a lot of remote selling. And I was already kind of seeing this direction go where it's about efficiency. And what we kind of see happening here more than ever it's not about just going to NFL cities and setting up a bunch of steak dinners. And so I look at the first time of, of, of kind of building this, this, this enterprise SaaS next gen outbound model with the right type of people at Evident. And it was really about us getting the right, the right people in place. You know, we knew we had an excellent product, but I learned early in my career, the best product doesn't win. And so just getting the right people in there that are going to have that DNA fit of. Hey, I'm not going to make excuses. I'm going to control what I can control, which is my effort, which is my activity. And, and I know everything else can fall in line. That's where it started is number one, the people. And that goes for every startup, every company I've been at, no doubt about it. Number two, you know, the evidence story is, is amazing. We were, we were the pioneers to build out what's called now the cloud security posture management space. And during this time, a lot of companies weren't born on the cloud. So, you know, it's very difficult to sell to a Coca Cola or, or a big fortune 100 company because they might just be deploying a few workloads into the cloud. And some of that still is, is present today, but it's changed a lot. And you see that space being massive with lace work and a number of huge companies, but we were the first to do it. So to be the first to, to build out a category defining product and space, you need a really special type of person. I mean, you're, you're talking about educating the space on why this is a problem, finding early adopters timing the market. So it it was, it was very, very difficult at first, but we found a way to make it happen. And we, it started with getting the right people in there and and taking it from there.
1: So what are the qualities you look for in the right people?
0: So, so I like to say, you know, I love to look for sales athletes and, you know, this could mean that, yeah, you know, you're, you're a very competitive person. You played sports in college, uh, but I think it means a lot of things. I think it also can mean you've never played sports ever, right? I think you've, You've been through adversity. You're you're independent. You're going to be harder on yourself than than anyone else could ever be because because you demand that. And and it also comes comes down to um, just having that that respect for each other. Where you know, yeah, there's processes in place and there's things we have to micromanage. But but I'm not going to micromanage somebody if if I have to worry about what you're doing all day. It's it's probably not the right person. And and so I think that's something to kind of keep in mind. And so. When we look at, you know, the type of people we've hired here that have built this, this incredible motion we have at AutoMox, or I look at the people, the best people I've worked with that at the Misto, Palo Alto Networks are evident. They were all some type of sales athlete. And, And here, for instance, we have people that have played for the Yankees and we have people that have, have never, have never played a sport in their entire life, but they kind of fit this mold of being hungry, being driven, being independent, and just kind of having the mindset we're going to take over the world.
1: Yeah, so um, as a revops person myself, um, I also think about the thing, the other pieces that get you to scale. Right? You mentioned at Mason Frank how you were uh, doing outbound calls, finding your own prospects, doing everything on your own. I, I think a lot of companies now, and especially in SaaS, and as companies are setting up for scale, they do have those supporting functions helping assign territories or constantly look for new prog- prospects. Constantly look for new uh, TAM and, and all of those different pieces. So I'm I'm curious to know what do you think? And it doesn't have to be just rev ops, but what do you think is the most you know supportive functions cross functionally within your org that help get you to that scale and help support the specific outbound motion?
0: Yeah, that's a great question, and, and because it's a team effort. And so when you're, when you're talking about things at scale, at the end of the day, in sales, you're, you're the zero, you're the, or the hero. It's the same thing in football. If you're the quarterback, if the team wins, you, you get all the glory. If not, it's, it's, all, it's typically uh, all your fault. So I, I think that can be a good thing because it, it drives you and it helps you push other parts of the company. But you have to find the right way to motivate everybody and really just come together as a team. And, and, and there can be a lot of challenges around that. And, and when you look at scale, it really comes down to operational efficiency at scale. And in every successful company, right? It's really been the people behind that, that make that makes make that happen. But in, in enabling people to, to really be their their own entrepreneur. So I talk a lot about being able to run a business within a business and, and giving the team the right tools to do that and process behind it. And we talk a lot about that at Automox, where it's my favorite value of any company I've had anywhere, because I just believe so much in it, a principled entrepreneurship. You know, everyone should take ownership in the company. Everyone should be their own entrepreneur, and I even look back at you know you mentioned Mason Frank. That's a perfect example where this started for me. I look at how Justin Roberts enabled me at, at Lever, where we were on we were in a new office on on Market and Forth, and we were we were building up the new office on on the floor right above us, and we were building up the outbound plan for the first time. And I remember just doing an analysis on our ideal customer profile whiteboarding all all these things on on our new office and in, in one of the rooms. And I'd worked on it all week and there's just crazy stuff everywhere. And I showed my manager first and she's like, great, great, you know, put this in front of Justin. And then I talked to Justin about it and he's he goes, Sean, this is incredible. You know, we need to roll this out across the teams, but make sure to take a picture of it because this is actually the CEO's office. And so um, I had to clean that up a little bit, but kind of a funny story, but it's just the principle of, You know, having great leaders that enable you to do these things, you know, if I didn't have such great mentorship from every, you know, leader that I've worked with at these various companies that just let me be an entrepreneur, let me build things out. And some of these things work, some of them don't, but I think it, I think it starts there. And that's why I'm so passionate about that, about that value.
1: So, so how do you factor in that entrepreneurial spirit and mentor your own teams to do that?
0: I think it changes and and it evolves. So number one, enable them with the right processes and tech stack to be able to, you know, build out an incredible outbound motion, be able to build out, you know, pipeline from all these different pillars, whether you're working with a BDR and SDR, you're working with the channel and, and, and partner ecosystem, you're building your own pipeline that sales led. So set up the right processes, have the best tech stack, look at the data, make data driven decisions, and, and really be able to reverse engineer our process. And so... So many times in sales, it's so easy to be drilling down this big quota and look at things on a quarterly or a monthly basis of how I'm stacking up against that number. But the best salespeople know where to spend their time. And you have to really understand what does a good week look like for me? What does a good day look like for me? What's what's a what's a small win? What's a big win? And if I can control my activity and I can control these metrics on a daily basis and really break down my my day to follow this process, I know. That I'll be hyper successful. And then you get in there and it's about how do I ramp that up? And so one thing that we do here is, hey, how do I reverse engineer my, my quota from an activity standpoint? Well, hey, I know if I get this many new business meetings per week, it typically trans into this many proof of values, which has a standard close rate of X percentage based off of our average sales price. It, it will equate to this amount per quarter. And we had a huge outbound focus on that. And now as we scale and our marketing team's doing an incredible job, we have one of the best partner ecosystems in, in, in the IT and cybersecurity world that's, that's generating a ton of revenue and opportunities for us. And, and one of the best BDR kingdoms, I like to say, in, in SaaS sales, we have all these different pillars now where, yeah, it's outbound generated. Yeah, it's sales-led, but it's also marketing-led. It's also partner-led. But it's also from the BDRs. And so... If you can take all that information and reverse engineer your process, and I look at this not just at the rep level, at the manager level, at the director, at the VP level, if there's there's something that you can possibly reverse engineer, then, then do it.
1: I'm curious too, and maybe it's more for me, but I think also for the listeners, in terms of looking at pipeline and looking at all these sources, right? Is that something you also track to then stack up against You know, how much is marketing bringing in, how much are partners bringing in, and really kind of checking that reverse engineering process?
0: 100%. One thing that I'm doing right now is we have this incredible growth team at AutoMox and they're helping our sales team just grow and move at scale. And, and one thing that we're working on is we work with the reps and we pull Salesforce reports and we use spreadsheets to say, hey, you, you had a great quarter, you're 200%. But if we had, you know, we're working right now on a dashboard and, and being able to scale on being able to pull in all this data Look at all these different pillars and just see exactly to the exact percentage. This many opportunities closed. One came from this source. This many closed, lost. This many above this average sales price. And no matter who you are and no matter where you are, number one rep or, or middle, it doesn't matter. You look at that kind of data and you're able to do that at scale. It shows you exactly where the gaps are and what you could get better at. And, and it's something that, that our teams are enabling us to do just a lot quicker. Right now it, it can be it can be a manual process and, and we kind of do it on the fly. Um, but that's one thing that's that's super intriguing super important. Where, okay, well, now we're starting to even look at things as we we scale and we change ter- territories, and especially from a rev ops perspective, this rep's doing an incredible job, they're an incredible seller, but you know, 95% of what they closed was from inbound leads. It's actually an outlier. And so as we as we divvy this up and we scale. We could put the right person there that can combine that kind of inbound flow that works really well with the channel and and, and going outbound and, and find that right balance, and then we could work with the people that cover it the right way. And so I, I think it's all around the data and just creating processes behind it.
1: So on that, um, what else do you think comprises that winning overall sales culture between all the pillars, all the different sources, all the different motions? Is there anything else that wildly important that that has helped you in your career?
0: Completely. I think, especially during the interview process or even, you know, for people that are part of the company, just, just understanding that, you, you know, you're, you're rare amongst the rare being part of, of this type of ecosystem. And especially a company, you know, for instance, we just went at Automox from 100 to 500 people this, this past year. We had, you know, insane growth on, on every single level. And so when you go through that, no matter what, there, there's a lot of change. And so so you have to understand that there is going to be change, that, you know, things are going to change and things are going to have to evolve. And there's going to be some things you like and there's going to be some things you don't like and and, and just get used to that and be comfortable w- with, with that motion. And so for those that are, are really built for this or maybe young in their career that are the right fit, but they're experiencing it for the first time, you know, think about the first time you jumped in a cold pool. It, it wasn't the best feeling in the world. but if you keep doing it, and or maybe you, you know you start your day doing that, you're like, oh, I, you know, I've done a hard thing. I know what this feels like. I've experienced it. But if you never experienced it, you want to get the heck out of that pool as, as soon as you're in there. And 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 I think that's also why you see a lot of people that, that naturally want to want to jump when they when they feel those types of things at a company or they don't like a change. And so one thing I just try and do is just kind of put in perspective of where we are, where we're going, why this happens, and I think you can do this at scale. And the best companies do this is, is have a truly transparent culture and don't put a Band-Aid on things or don't try and flip things when they're not working or they're broken. You expect things to break. You know, we're going to have 10 challenges and we're going to solve them together. And then guess what? We're going to have 10 new ones. That's how you know you're, you're in the right place. If things stay stagnant, things are the same, same and things are complacent, I find that boring. And, and I think that's why I, I love the craziness and the chaos the organized chaos of, of hyper-growth SaaS sales.
1: So I guess being on the topic of challenges, what is the biggest challenge you're facing today?
0: Yeah, I think the biggest challenge today is, is look, we're moving fast, we're crushing targets, but guess what? The targets get bigger, right? And, and that's the game that we love to play. And so with that comes big expectations. And, and I think as we keep going, how do we keep doing this and, and doing operational efficiency at scale? And no matter what, when you have this kind of growth, there's going to be challenges. And, and, and I think what I love the most is that we keep moving forward. Hey, look, you know, we know we're going to crush this. We know we're going to crush that. But, but how do we 2 exit? You know, it's almost like you you know putting the numbers or the goal behind you. And it's just how do I do 150% of that and 200% of that? And it's not for the faint of heart. But when you're used to doing it, you want to keep going at that level. And so it, it, it can be a... A unhealthy obsession if you let it, but it's also what drives you and it brings the best out of people. And I think I think it's a it's a good environment where there there is healthy pressure, right? And and so that's what drives me. That that's what I love and 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 I feel very, very fortunate to be to be a part of that and, and and have those challenges in my life.
1: Do you have any examples you want to share of a specific challenge and how you how you 2X it in that situation?
0: No, no, completely. So I think one is 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 look around. You know hiring. You know I think this is one that's very relevant to, to every hyper growth company, especially in tech. And look, it's an insane market. It's a candidate market. Uh, this is the first time when I work with recruiters, I don't have as much leverage as I did in the past when it comes to the the, the commission variable that they get they get paid out on. And I and I know how the system works, and, and I still don't have as much leverage. So so I think what I'm getting at is it's a candidate market, and 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 you got to really be able to sell your candidate and, and be transparent of what they're coming into. And, and bring in the right people and the right people for your culture. And that means a lot of different things for a lot of different companies, a lot of different roles and people. So I think when looking at hiring, I'm a big believer in everyone's in recruiting, everyone's in sales, everyone's in marketing and everyone's a recruiter. So I'm a recruiter, our CRO is a recruiter, our CEO is, and, and we're constantly reaching out to candidates and, and talking to top candidates. And, and, and I think whether they're looking to make a move or not, and the best salespeople typically are but when they are, I'm going to make sure that they're they're top of mind for automox. And so is so is our, our, our direct line managers and in, 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 in our reps and every single salesperson. So we've done an incredible job of having a huge referral base, but also going outbound and, and and sourcing passive candidates at scale. You know, it's the same pillar example that we look at when we talk about pipeline generation, when it comes to recruiting and scaling a company and hiring is. The best people are referrals. The best people aren't really always looking to, to make a move. And when they do, they make that move very quick. And so sourcing and always talking to the top candidates and, and, and combining that with every other system you have in place. If you look at any metric for any hyper-growth SaaS company, there's some, it's typically something like one in every 157. I bet the number is even higher now. Internal applicants actually gets hired. And if you think about it, if I'm looking to work at sales loft, I'm connected with you on LinkedIn, even though this is the first time we're having you know, a face-to-face call. I'm going to at least send you a note and at least learn more about it, whether you refer me over or not. And that just shows sales skills within itself. And I think that's a good way to think about things.
1: Yeah, that's really great. Um, has that changed? I know hiring is the challenge for everybody, but I'm, I'm guessing, you know, Automox is also remote for the most part. I don't I don't know if there's any office requirements or anything like that. But, you know, most people so are, are moving to that flexibility, that salespeople in pajamas mode. Has, has that helped at all?
0: It, it, it has helped a lot. One thing that I love that we've done is as soon as COVID started, we made the decision, hey, we're a fully remote company. We're looking at getting the absolute best talent in here, regardless of where you live. And we've we're completely stayed true to that. And it's been a huge competitive advantage for the company.
1: Yeah, I, I think that's great. I mean, this is my first fully remote role. I mean, my last role, my last company was remote, but only because of COVID. Um, So it is one of those things where I actually feel, and I've always been able to kind of have some flexibility work from home, but I'm actually way more productive when I'm sitting at home at my desk. There's still the importance of the face-to-face when when it's warranted, but you're able to be a little bit more effective and feels less micromanagerial at the same time.
0: Completely. And, and, and I experienced that, too, when I first started going back to the office and to, to the WeWork up the street. You notice all these inefficiencies where you're spending time elsewhere when you're set up with a good work from home space. It's a little bit more straightforward. And then there's the other side of it where I really think the future is exactly what you just said. You know, regional offsites where you get together, where you have hot spots where a lot of people live or people can fly in, do that, you know, once or twice a quarter. Or if you have a lot of people in one city, you, you, you can do a WeWork. That's what we do, where, where everyone can go in any WeWork in any city at any time. And then, and then ultimately, if, if, if you do want to have more of an in-office culture, it, it should be hybrid. Uh, but it's going to be different. It's going to continue to evolve.
1: You know, as, we, as we wrap this up, I would just love to hear what is one piece of advice you would give to somebody in an outbound enterprise motion or someone in a company that is high scale?
0: it starts, the first thing that comes to mind is be hyper-organized. Understand outbound is the difference between making a good rep great, even if you're in an environment where it's a ton of inbound and you expect that to continue. If a company is truly scaling, that's uncontrollable, first of all, and that's going to change and it's going to come in ebbs and flows. And so when it comes to outbound, if you can take ownership of being hyper-organized, put together a process... A, B test things, look at look at what's working, look, look at what's not working, continue to evolve it. You're going to be extremely successful. And, and the key word here is that there is there, not one answer here. There's not a silver bullet that's going to completely be able to get you to where you need to go. And so put that process together and you're going to notice things aren't going to work and then some things are going to work. And stay true to it and understand the results are going to come over time by doing the little things every single day that you can control. Because you can't control everything in sales, but you can control your effort. You can control your outbound activity.
1: Yeah, that's great. And again, I love process being ops. I'll just add to that from my perspective. Lean on your ops team if you have it. They're there to help you grow. Same with enablement. Same with any supporting function. Like It's all about teamwork. So really love that. It sounds like Automox is growing a lot still. Um, if anybody does want to get in touch with you, whether it's to learn more or, you know, about the company or a role, um, what is the best way to reach you?
0: Totally. So reach out to me on LinkedIn. I, I think that's best. Look, even if you're, you're looking to, to work at Automox, even if you're looking, anything I say resonate with you and you're just looking for some, some high-level conversation, I had a lot of people that have, have really mentored me and completely changed my life. And so I take a lot of pride and I absolutely love doing it. And I'll chat with, with, with any person that that generally wants to reach out and and do so. So LinkedIn is perfect. And and my biggest take of advice is, you know, a lot of people I think are getting in the tech sales and looking to make jumps from BDR to, to, to commercial AE or from commercial to, to, to enterprise. And my biggest, my biggest take of advice to everyone is, is put the work in and make sure you're set up for success when that happens. And a big part of that can be mentorship. So Reach out anytime, right on LinkedIn, and I'm happy to chat.
1: Awesome. Well, thank you so much. This has been great. I'm sure we could keep talking about all of this forever, but um, yeah, thanks so much.
0: Thank you, Jenna. Hey, Salespeople is a production made in partnership with Frequency Media. I'm your host, Jeremy Donovan. This podcast is available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever podcasts are found. Thanks for listening to the Hey Salespeople podcast.